Amazing prophecies about the Messiah by Zechariah. I was reading through the book of Zechariah very recently, and I was very struck, amazed by these precise prophecies about Jesus, particularly about his last few days. It has been said that of the minor prophets, that's the last 12 prophets in the Old Testament, they're called minor because they're, the books are shorter than a lot of other books. Of all the minor prophets, Zechariah is the one that seems to have the most apocalyptic and messianic prophecies. Prophecies in symbol, prophecies about the Messiah, about Jesus. And particularly here, the ones we want to look today at really tell us what an amazing thing it is that hundreds of years, centuries before they happened, these precise predictions of what was going to happen. Palm Sunday is one of those. Zechariah chapter 9, we begin reading with verse 9. Notice as we go through these prophecies how exacting and precise they are many times. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king comes to you. He is just and low, having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey, and on the colt, the foal of a donkey. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to the heathen and his dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, by the blood of your covenant, I have sent out your prisoners out of the pit wherein there is no water. Turn to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double to you. When I have bent Judah for me, fill the bow with Ephraim, and raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and made you as a sword of a mighty man. But especially there back in verse 9, Your king comes to you. He's just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey and on the colt, the foal of a donkey. Again, this is written centuries before it actually was fulfilled in Jesus. All four gospels talk about it. Let's look at Mark's account. Mark chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. And when they came close to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sends out two of his disciples. And he says to them, Go your way to the village over against you, opposite you. And as soon as you are entered into it, you shall find a colt tied whereon never man sat, loose him, and bring him to me. 
So this is a miraculous thing. Jesus predicted what was going to happen. He told them precisely what was going to happen. And it's interesting that Matthew, his account earlier, talks about two donkeys. And Zechariah had talked about two donkeys. This one is emphasizing the one. But evidently it was a colt and its mother. And it looks like they were very used to being together at that point. So he told him, loose him and bring him. Back to 11.3 of Mark. And if anyone says to you, what are you doing this for? Say that the Lord has need of him. Right away he will send him here. And they went their way and they found the colt tied by the door outside in a place where two roads met. And they loose him. And certain of them who stood there said to them, What are you doing, loosing the colt? They might have thought they were going to steal him, or them. <laughs> and they said to them, even like Jesus had commanded. Well, he said, say, the Lord has need of him. So they said that, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments on him, and he sat on him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and scattered them in the way. We call it Palm Sunday because part of those branches were palm. We find that out in the book of John, chapter 12, that particular account. So there were palm branches among the branches that they did this with. Palm symbolized victory. They who went before and they who followed after yelled out saying, Hosanna, basically means save us, we pray. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David. Jesus was David's greater son. Jesus was a descendant of David. He was the Messiah, promised to be a literal descendant of King David. So that's what they're referring to who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he'd looked round about upon all things, and now the even was come, he went out to Bethany along with the 12. Now, one thing we need to understand about Palm Sunday, <clears throat> about this event, prophesied and then fulfilled. <clears throat> you see, they came down from the Mount of Olives, came across the Kidron stream and on up into Jerusalem. They were yelling out these amazing things, these acclamations of faith. They were calling him the Messiah, the promised one, the anointed one of God. And what was really happening here? They thought with this glorious entry with this great group of people yelling these things, save us now we pray, they thought they were a part of a mob coming into Jerusalem to take over. You see, the Romans had been in control of Palestine and of Jerusalem for many, many years, an occupying foreign force, and they didn't like this. 
But now they believed the Messiah was here, and he was. And they thought that his great object would be to go on in Jerusalem, take over the city, conquer it, and he would be the king. So they were identifying them with a revolution. <laughs> they were part of a revolutionary group coming in to overthrow the Roman authority and the soldiers. That's quite a courageous thing to do. <laughs> but that's what they thought was going to happen. They didn't understand, even though he'd told them several times that he had to go to Jerusalem, he had to die, and then he had to be raised from the dead. Yes, he is king of kings. Ultimately, he will take over, but not according to their timetable, nor according to their understanding. But this donkey incident, this is prophesied, and this was to happen, and it was miraculously brought about. So Palm Sunday is about victory. Palm Sunday is about King of Kings, Son of David, the Messiah, Son of God. And so we find this first wonderful prophecy that we want to think about. Zechariah 9.9. But also we find a prophecy about betrayal. Let's go over to chapter 11 now of Zechariah. Zechariah 11. We find in verses 10 through 13. And I took my staff, that is beauty, and I cut it apart, that I might break my covenant, which I had made with all the people. And it was broken in that day, and so the poor of the flock that waited on me knew that it was the word of the Lord. And I said to them, If you think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, a goodly price that I was prized at by them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Now remember those things. Also, if you look in Psalm 41.9, there's a prophecy of betrayal. It says, my own familiar friend, which did eat of my bread, he's lifted up his heel against me. So the betrayal is prophesied centuries before it occurred. But shortly before it occurred, Jesus also prophesied the betrayal. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 26, beginning with verse 13. I tell you most assuredly, wherever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. Remember, she'd come and anointed his feet and his head, at least his head. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests. And he said to them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him over to you. 
and they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. Now that's exactly the amount that Zechariah talked about, wasn't it? And from that time on, he sought opportunity to betray him. And so we find Judas Iscariot turning against Jesus. Now let's go over to John chapter 13, beginning with verse 21. John 13, beginning with verse 21. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit, and he witnessed, and he said, I tell you most assuredly that one of you shall betray me. This was at the Last Supper, just a few hours before the betrayal and crucifixion. One of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spoke. They couldn't imagine that one of them would betray him. Who would it be? Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, which would have been John. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him that he should ask who it is that, of whom he spoke. He then, lying on Jesus' breast, said to him, he says to him, Who is it, Lord? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give the sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. So a few there knew it was going to be Judas, but most of them still didn't know this. But Jesus knew. And you might wonder, well, didn't Jesus choose him as one of the twelve? Well, yes, he did. And that was right. But again, we saw back in the Old Testament, Zechariah and in Psalm 41.9, that there would be one who would betray him. So this was according to God's prophecy, and he knew what was going to happen. And he knew that it was better that Judas Iscariot had never been born than that he should do such a thing. Let's also look at Matthew chapter 26 beginning with verse 13. Matthew 26, verse 13. I tell you assuredly, well, it goes ahead and talks about that as we saw before, where Judas went ahead and made this bargain with the head people to betray Jesus for these 13, these 20 pieces of silver. Also, chapter 27, verses 3 to 8. Here's something different. Wherefore, the field was called the field of blood. It's talking about it here, about the potter's field to bury strangers in, verse 7. You see, that's what the chief priests and the people who paid the 30 pieces of silver would do with those 30 pieces that Judas now brought back. So he said, I've betrayed innocent blood. I shouldn't have done this. And they basically said, so what? That's nothing to us. And he went out, and you know what he did. And you find it in Acts 1 that he hanged himself. And apparently as he hanged himself, it must have broken, and he fell down, and 
his innards <laughs> gushed out. Pretty gruesome kind of a thing. But at any rate, that is a fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus, God's Messiah, would be betrayed. And he'd be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And then the people who got back these silver would buy a burial place called the Field of Blood, a seldoma. And that's precisely what happens as you put all these scriptures, including Acts 1, together. And then he committed suicide, the one who betrayed. In Acts, we learn that, yes, this was prophesied, and then his office, his bishopric, his overseership, his important position as an apostle needed to be replaced, to be refilled. And so Acts 1 tells about how they chose someone to take his place. And that was according to scripture as well. So first of all, betrayal by Zechariah. Earlier, the riding on the donkey and Palm Sunday. Now a third thing. Shepherd was smitten, the sheep were scattered. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 13, 13, 6, and 7. But he shall say, I am no prophet, I am a husbandman, for man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. And one shall say to him, what are these wounds in your hands? Notice wounds in your hands. Then he shall answer, these with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, says the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. How was that fulfilled? Well, let's go back to Mark again, chapter 14. Mark 14 and we go to verse 27, 14, 27. And Jesus says to them, all of you shall be offended because of me this night. This was in the garden of Gethsemane where he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. He shrank back from dying on the cross, but he submitted to the Father's will. All shall be offended because of me this night, because it is written, I will smite the shepherd, so here he is referring back to Zechariah, and the sheep shall be scattered. And then he talked about how he was going to be raised from the dead. And so we find the prophecy about the sheep scattered and the shepherd being smitten himself was prophesied centuries ahead of time. Isn't that amazing how these are so accurate, so precise? And then the crucifixion itself. Again, back to Zechariah, this time chapter 12. I've memorized many years ago, verse 10. <clears throat> Zechariah 12, beginning in verse 10. Consider this, having been written again centuries ahead of time. <clears throat> and I will pour upon the house of David 
and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplications. And they shall look upon me, and who was talking there in the passage? It was Jehovah God who was talking. They shall look upon me, so this is one of the reasons we understand that Jesus is God. Jesus is actually Jehovah too. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Talks about being pierced. Well, his hands were pierced, his feet were pierced, and later his side was pierced. And you find that too in Psalm twenty-two, sixteen, about the piercing. They shall look on me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one who is in bitterness for his firstborn. So that's an extremely graphic and amazing prophecy. And there should be a great mourning in Jerusalem. Yes, and there was. Well, we read about fulfillment of this in John chapter 19. John 19, beginning in verse 32. Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first one. Remember, there were two thieves crucified with Jesus, one on each side. They break the legs of the first one and of the other one who was crucified with him, the one on the other side. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Now, why would they break legs? It hastened death. Death on the cross was very much ultimately by suffocation. They would push themselves up with their legs and then they'd let themselves go and they were hanging there. They pushed themselves up. It became hard to breathe, but they'd push themselves up and they could breathe. Then they'd fall back and this would go on for hours. A very, very painful, horrible kind of way to die. Well, you see, the day was about to end and they wanted him dead before the sun went down, before the new day began, because back in those days, the old Jewish Sabbath started at sundown. But so they were going to break the legs, and they did break the legs of the two thieves. They came to Jesus, and they saw he was already dead. Now, some people say, well, you know, he really uh, hadn't died. They were just mistaken here. Uh, later, he just revived in the coolness of the tomb. Now, that's pretty hard to accept. First place, Roman soldiers, they knew what death was. But here they made doubly sure that he was dead because what they do? One of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side. And right away, out came blood and water. We be plasma and serum He'd been dead, and there was a separation there in the blood already. And so <laughs> there's no question whatever that he was dead. They knew he was, and then they made doubly sure by sticking this spear up in his side, and we see that already there'd been a separation in the blood. And he who saw it bear record, and his record is true. He's talking about himself, John. 
and he knows that he says true so that you might believe. And these things were done that the scripture shall be fulfilled. Bone of him shall not be broken. So that's something else that comes into the picture here. So these are amazing prophecies when you think of so detailed, so precise. Palm Sunday and the various things that happened there. The betrayal of Judas, Judas Iscariot and what happened to the betrayal money and how a field was purchased, a cemetery. How the shepherd was smitten and the sheep were scattered. That happened at the Garden of Gethsemane. They all went running away. One young man, <laughs> probably Mark, he even lost his clothes and I guess had very little, if anything, on to escape. But that was all prophesied. Sheep would be scattered. The shepherd would be smitten. He would die on the cross. And then specifically the, the death on the cross and the piercings that happened to him and the mourning that occurred therefore. When you think about all of this, and particularly when you think about how Zechariah made all these prophecies, and so specifically, doesn't it amaze you? It, it does to me. This is very amazing. God's able. He knows what's going to happen. He's in control. And he knew that he would send his son, that he and the person of Jesus would come down, become a man who would qualify to die for the sins of the world, the only one. He'd never sinned. He was virgin born, and then he would actually do that. He would take the sin of all of us upon himself voluntarily. He'd rather not do it, but this was God's plan, and so he did it. Out of love, he did the Father's will that we might be saved. And, of course, we sang about this wondrous atoning sacrifice. Going back to Zechariah, there are places, not only here but elsewhere, of course, in the Bible, where you find ultimate victory. Zechariah 14, verse 9, And the Jehovah the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord, and his name one not only here, but certainly many, many other places, it talks about God's ultimate victory. Victory of God the King, the Messiah. And so this points to the resurrection. It points to the exaltation. It points to Jesus being at the right hand of God and someday coming back again. And we talked about this recently as well about his return, and we need to be ready for it. This is beautifully prophesied very clearly in Psalm 16. Let's look at that. This is important. In fact, Peter mentioned this in his sermon on the day of Pentecost, and Paul mentions it. He knew about this too, and so did others. Psalm 16, verse 10. A great psalm, by the way. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, or hell, or the grave. Neither will you allow your Holy One to see decay. Tremendous prophecy. A millennium almost ahead of time. 
that God's Holy One would not suffer the ravages of decay. And that was true. Yes, he was in the tomb for a while, but the ravages of decay had not yet set in. David's body was still in the tomb, but it too later would be raised sometime. But Jesus, the son of David, would be raised right here at the beginning. And all who trust in him would later be raised from the dead as well. We talk about this more next Sunday, some of these things. And even the Sunday afterwards. A couple weeks from today, I'm planning a message I believe God wants me to give that very much you can invite unsaved and they're going to hear the gospel. And that will be true next Sunday as well. So we need to be God's light and we need to come to the Lord and be with him and stick with him. The apostles, of course, later came back. They were scattered. Peter denied him in a terrible way, at least three times. But they were sorry and they came back. One of them especially had a hard time believing. And we want to think about him too next two Sundays a bit. May we pray together. Lord, we thank you for these amazing detailed prophecies, these specific foretellings of what was going to happen. What an amazing set of prophecies they are. You know all things, O oh Lord. You have all power. And in your love, these things have happened. We thank you so much. Help us now to just rededicate ourselves. Help us to reaffirm our faith in Jesus and our love to him. Help us as the apostles to be with him and continue serving him even after at points where we have not done so. May we love you, Lord. May we serve you. May we be willing to give our lives for you day by day. May we present our bodies a living sacrifice acceptable to God Almighty through Jesus. We would be doing this, Lord, right now, offering ourselves to you. May it be. Thank you, Lord, for your victory. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.